listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. What's up, Lakers fans? Recording this on a Monday ahead of a busy week in the NBA. We got the draft coming up on Wednesday. NBA free agency opening up officially on Friday. And, of course, trade season already underway. You already know the Lakers got Dennis Schroeder from the OKC Thunder in exchange for Danny Green, a first-round pick. Plenty to dissect, but before we get into it, don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And, of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com. Harrison, Christian, Sabrina, the whole crew there has you covered. Joining me for this one, Anthony Irwin, back in the hot seat with me. Anthony, how have you felt over the last couple of days? It's been kind of fun, right? I mean, even though we're amidst the pandemic, it's still kind of cool to have this stuff keeping us entertained, I guess, during this time. Yeah, no, I, I, it's been, uh, it's been a whirlwind and, and it's barely kind of just started getting going. Right. And, I mean, we started with a bang, obviously with the uh, Schroeder trade, and then you had uh, Chris Paul go to Phoenix earlier this afternoon. So there's been plenty going on. Uh, and, and I, I have a feeling it's going to keep on kind of staying at this incredible pace just because there's only a week basically, or maybe a couple weeks to fit an entire NBA offseason into. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, and then we got the reports coming out. You know, Avery Bradley, uh, he's looking to decline his player option with the team and enter free agency. Of course, KCP officially opted out. He's entering into free agency. What do you see happening with, with those two? Because don't get me wrong, I thought Avery Bradley performed admirably last season before the shutdown. Let's be real, they obviously didn't need him in the, in the bubble. I mean, he would have helped them, sure, but they still won a championship without him. He, he sat that one out. Uh, due to concerns with the coronavirus and, and, and his family. Um, so I don't think that really hurts. But what about KCP? Is, do you think he ultimately ends up re-signing with the team? Because from what we're hearing, he's going to have plenty of options out there to, for teams looking to add a piece like him. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with, with KCP, I think it was Zach Lowe said on one of ESPN's properties earlier today that it's, uh, it's, it's just a matter of, how much he re-signs for the Lakers and, and when that re-signing takes place. So it sounds like KCP is probably going to be back. There, there might be a lot of suitors, but it's such a weird offseason because there aren't very many like really, really good teams with cap space. And everybody is, is kind of trying to keep any, any of those good teams uh, who might have cap space this year are hoping to maintain that flexibility for next year just in case Giannis comes available. So while KCP, I, I would say at his position is either uh, the most or one of, or, or, or the second most sought after free agent in, in his class. I, I just, I just don't know if there are teams necessarily lining up that are the perfect situation for him. Uh, so I, I think that helps the Lakers. Uh, Bradley's interesting. I was really surprised when, he decided to opt out or it was reported that he's, he's going to opt out uh, given the fact that, like you said, the Lakers didn't need him in the bubble. Like they could have, it would have helped and maybe they would have looked even more dominant over their teams, but the Lakers seem to be perfectly fine. Uh, They're bringing back a version of the same guard rotation next year, right? With Schroeder stepping into Rondo's role. So maybe Bradley saying he, he's not sure where he's going to get those minutes at. And, and also, you know, it, he might just be thinking, given the fact that the only real competition uh, at his position is, is between, 
him and, and KCP, you know, for, for bidders out there, he might be thinking he can slip into the KCP market when KCP re-signs with the Lakers. So maybe he's thinking that, that the right situation is going to pop up for him. Uh, but, but either way, you know, best wishes to, to Bradley uh, if, should he move on. And it looks like he, it sounds like he's probably going to. And, and uh, I think the Lakers will be just fine without him. Yeah, and I, I think that too. I don't think you're you're really hurting there. And obviously, I, I think I think uh, you know Shooter just covers a lot of holes and 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 a need that that, that they really had. And uh, Rondo obviously did his part in the bubble. But how how happy were you when you saw that they got Shooter? You're like, this is the end of the Rondo experiment. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Rondo was great in the postseason. Like, there's no arguing it. He was objectively really good. I just would prefer my point guards not completely shock me when they're really good, you know? And, yeah. and I think Schroeder is, has a, a higher floor with a similar ceiling, maybe even an, even in higher ceiling uh, than, than uh, Rondo offered. And, you know, he's, he's 27 years old. The Lakers might've found their pick and roll partner for Anthony Davis for the entirety of his tenure with the Lakers. Right. And, yeah. uh, Schroeder shot the ball really well last year. And people were saying, well, look at his numbers with Chris Paul on and off the court. And it's like, well, he's going to go from Chris Paul to LeBron James. I think he's going to be just, just <laughs> fine in that regard. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I just think it's a really good fit. And uh, he's somebody, by the way, who is going to be really, you know, out there to prove that he deserves to start in this league. And I think that kind of competition, like I, I think that's another reason why, you know, Bradley going makes a lot of sense. Like if he opts out the Lakers, I don't think would try all that hard to bring him back. You know, it wouldn't be as kind of dismissive as, as, Oh no, please come back. You know, as, as yeah, he's walking yeah, out the door, yeah, yeah. but, but I, I think it would be one of those things where the math starts to make more sense. You have Schroeder as your starting point guard, you have KCP as your uh, starting two guard, and then you have uh, LeBron whoever they have at the five. Uh, then you have Caruso and Kuzma with whoever else you have, you know, in terms of who you bring back or who you add to the rotation. And I, I think that, that, that squad right there is, is, is pretty damn good before we find out details of how else the, the roster is going to round out, especially by the way, if they're able to bring in Wesley Matthews into that Danny Green role, then you're really sitting well. Oh yeah, and 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 for people who don't know, I mean the the shooter thing, it could be a one year experiment. If it doesn't work out, they can cut ties with him, and they'll have some cap flexibility uh, next off season. And 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 like you mentioned, Wesley yeah. Matthews. I mean, we've heard Serge Ibaka again. I don't know how how true any of this is. We're going to find out. The good thing is over the next couple of days. But you know, there's so many options out there, and I, I love uh, Matthews' fit as well. You're looking at him. Hasn't been the play, same player obviously since he got hurt. But if you look at him, he can come in and play. You know, even 15 to 18 minutes a night throughout the regular season and depending on how he does, he could be a part of the rotation in the playoffs too. So I, I think they're sitting looking really pretty right now, heading, heading into the off season, especially looking at it. I, I mean, the Clippers are the Clippers, so I, I'm not going to sit here and defend them and, and say, well, they, they could be a challenge until they actually prove it. Nobody's going to give them that respect, but the Warriors are loaded back up. I'm sure Milwaukee will make some moves. So I think the Lakers are, are doing well so far in, in, in trying to keep up with what's going to be a changing landscape in the NBA. Yeah, it's going to be a very different NBA next year. I mean, look at the Pacific Division by itself, right? The, the Warriors are going to be healthy again, uh, which means they're going to be a threat. 
you're going to have now i don't think they're going to be anywhere near the same level of threat they were even when they had harrison barnes in the kevin durant role like going from going from kevin durant to andrew wiggins is like going from the office i'm currently recording back into that little cubby hole that i was recording <laughs> yeah. out of the house like it's 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 a very different experience there but you still have uh, Steph Curry, you still have Clay Thompson, you still have Draymond Green, and you know somewhere along the line they're going to make some kind of move to bring in somebody else and 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 strengthen that rotation. So Golden State is going to be good. We got to see what Phoenix looks like with with uh, CP3 going there to uh, Phoenix and and Devin Booker potentially taking another step forward. If he takes another step forward the way that he did last year, you're really excuse me, looking at a, at a, at a special player. And then obviously you have the Clippers and the Lakers. So the, the, the Pacific division by itself. And by the way, if the NBA is thinking about, you know, regional scheduling and focusing more on regional scheduling, like that's going to be a bloodbath of a, of a schedule for, for the Lakers. So uh, I don't, I don't know what, what that would even look like and, and, and how tough that would be, how many games the Lakers would really try to play there because those would be so many really tough matchups. But, you know, just on that alone, they could, pre- they could be providing four of the West's eight playoff teams. And then, you know, ev- elsewhere you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving coming back. You have a desperate uh, Milwaukee team. The, the Miami Heat are going to be better next year just because of the growth across the uh, It's going to be an insane NBA season next year. And, and I think the Lakers, it doesn't look like they're resting on their laurels. And I think it's a really good thing they are because – it's it could be just an absolutely brutal campaign. Oh, it's going to be. And if they if they do the regional matchups with, like you mentioned, like can you imagine? You're like, hey, the uh, Phoenix and the uh, three California teams. You guys are going to be rotating against each other over the next twelve games. I mean, that would be absurd. Because I was thinking that too. I'm like, when's the last time you had a division that was this good? You know what I mean? In 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 the NBA. <laughs> I mean, you look back at. Um, you know what, when you had, you know, the, the, the Lakers and, and Kings for that one or two seasons where they were really good, where they were like the championship contenders. But I don't like, when's the last time you had a division this good? And I want to jump into more about the Chris Paul trade because I got some thoughts on that, but let's do it after a short break. All right. And we are back as we were talking about before the break. So Suns ended up trading for Chris Paul. Uh, they gave up Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, a 2022 first rounder and some spare parts. Uh, probably going to wait until Sunday to make it official. That way they'll save some money. Uh, in terms of their their cap but I was thinking about this trade when it happened and I'm like okay I mean Chris Paul amazing player who knows how much he'll have left in the tank I mean we thought that going to last season he surpassed expectations with OKC but um, definitely makes the Suns a playoff team to me I mean barring injury with with the uh, Booker and, and DeAndre Ayton they haven't made the playoffs since the 2010-2011 season so I, I could see why they're a little bit desperate to to do it now that they have some of the pieces but does this make sense to you? Like, do you, do you actually think about them as a contender the way you'd look at Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, or anything like that? No. Well, maybe Warriors. I'm not as high on the Warriors as, as, as many people are. I mean, like, it's the kind of thing my dog is, is really high on, on the Warriors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you kind of get the note in the back there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but, yeah, I think, I think when it comes to Golden State, they're the kind of team where – you know, if everything goes right, then they can recapture some of the magic. But I, I think they probably top off as like a, a second round opponent if they even get there. I, I see the the Suns is a, is is mostly you know first round fodder for you know whoever they face off against. Like I could see the Suns as a seven or an eight seed, and and 
maybe they get a game or two out of whoever, you know, from whoever they're playing. But beyond that, I don't really see them as, as much just as they're very young and, and young teams, even Chris Paul, notwithstanding young teams don't tend to do much in, in the postseason. Yeah. And, and I agree with that. I, I, I just think they will be high. I think they could finish higher. I mean, I think Houston, depending on what happens with, with the Harden and, and Westbrook drama there, which is a whole nother, another issue, but I mean, you got the nuggets up at the three teams I mentioned from, from the Pacific. And then you got, you know, Utah could, could be, I think Dallas is going to be good. It just depends on how they do, but I, I agree with you. I mean, I just don't, I don't see, I don't see the Suns as a championship contender. I don't think this, this moves the needle like in terms of into the top four or five of uh, in the league, but it certainly improves their, their chances. And after going eight, no in the bubble, why did they even get invited? If they were going to go eight, no, not even have a chance to make the playoffs. That's something I want to <laughs> ask Adam Silver. Like what went the reasoning behind that? But um yeah, I just don't see them. I don't see them being able to close the gap enough. I think they. I think they have too many other holes in the roster. And if you look at it, and I think the Warriors. You know, you're mentioning the Warriors. I think the Warriors are going to have to address this, whether that's through taking James Wiseman, who again I wouldn't want to put on Anthony Davis for for 20 minutes a night, but they need to add some some big men. And until you know DeAndre Ayton again could play at an All Star level, but having to guard you know Anthony Davis minute in a minute out of a, of a playoff game and, and doing that routinely through a series I don't think they're at a level that they're going to be able to keep up with them so I think it's also important that these teams add size and the same things go with the Clippers because what you saw with the Lakers is they kind of went an old school traditional way of all right we're going to play two bigger men I mean they adapted when they played Houston they adapted when they played uh, Miami um, change up the lineup against Denver by by bringing in uh, Dwight Howard over JaVale McGee but they had those options and I think until these teams maybe match that I think it's going to be difficult to to be able to compete with the Lakers in a, in a seven game series yeah I, I mean that's what every team is is is, is thinking about right the fact yeah. that uh, the Lakers can go super big in ways that makes it hard to take advantage especially if they land, if they can get a Serge Ibaka who can go out there and and close out to other fives who might step out there and hit three pointers, uh, then I, I, I legitimately don't know how you score on the Lakers. Um, let alone, you know, the fact that he can also spread the floor and and does so many things that would be ideal for a LeBron James and, and even Dennis Truder offense. Like I just I just don't know what teams would potentially do there. And then even if the Lakers aren't going, you know super big with you know with with ad at the four and a traditional five they're still going to be super freaking big that's what every team ran ran into last year where ad slips down to the five well he's still the size of a traditional big he just happens to have guard skills and then lebron james is the size of traditional fours nowadays if not bigger than some fours like he was standing next to paul Millsap. And they're the same dude. <laughs> they have the same dimensions. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, and, and uh, you know, LeBron has those dimensions plus the fact that he's an incredible passer and all of those things that make him really special. So, you know, I, I, I think for everybody across the league this year, they're probably looking at themselves and at their roster and saying, do we have to implement a version of the old Shaq rule where we have a big, stiff seven-footer out there for six fouls to to hopefully be physical enough and make the Lakers thinking about uh, make the Lakers think about us. I, I I really think we might start seeing that from some of these teams. Uh, and and until we do, the Lakers will always have that inherent advantage that that they showed. Like they they were okay at taking advantage of it last year. 
-hmm. I think this year they have a full extra year to figure out, a, you know, better ways or more consistent ways to really dominate teams physically. And whenever they figure that out, I, I just don't know what teams can really do. Yeah. And that, and that, that's the way I've been, I've been looking at it as well. Cause I do some Warriors coverage as, as a part of SB nation. And I'm like, you know, I was, I was interacting with some of the people in the comments and I'm like, yeah, you know, you're not going to, they need to add some, some size. And, and I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's clay Thompson. I, you know, he's again, him and Stafford, the best action shooting backcourt in, in the NBA, if not the best backcourt overall. And it's like, okay, but how are you going to match up with, with the Lakers who, you know, you're, you're going to trust Kavon Looney and Marquez Chris at this point to be able to play against Anthony Davis. Like, Good luck with that. And I think that's one advantage uh, the Lakers are, are, are going to be able to maintain. Do you see them making any other, trying to make any other moves at this point right now? Like as, as we go into, I mean, they don't have a first round pick, but uh, even at the draft, trying to, trying to get another player, trying to, um, you know, get another, uh, another piece or, or, or two, depending on what happens with, with the likes of, of KCP and, and Avery Bradley, which as you mentioned, most likely to opt out. Yeah, I think, I think for what the Lakers are, you know, their, their list of priorities here, uh, they have to find somebody to replace Danny Green. So I, I didn't think it was a shocker at all or a surprise or a, a uh, I thought it was a huge coincidence. No, I thought it wasn't a coincidence that we, uh, we heard right away that they were interested in Wesley Matthews once they traded away Danny Green. Right. So yep. Um, that that would be it seems to be pretty high on their list of priorities. We'll know more. Like I, I just I, I recorded and and um, aired the show with Eric Pincus today, where he was talking about you know the different options that the Lakers have depending on who all comes back and stuff. So uh, if Avery Bradley opts out and if that dang thing uh, falls in the Lakers' favor, and you know and they're able to open up their full MLE, um, then you might be able to mess around and, and, and get a Serge Ibaka. If they aren't able to open up the full roughly $10 million that you could get there, um, do they, and, and they get closer to seven-ish million or eight million, do you use that all on one player or do you spread that across a couple more wings and or see if you can keep Dwight Howard and, and Markeith Morris and basically bring back a version of your whole team last year minus Avery Bradley and with Schroeder in Rondo's role, uh, in, in an expanded Rondo role. And, and then, you know, that, that might be the way that they go. But their work is far from done here, and it basically all starts with what kind of deal Anthony Davis prefers. I think it's probably going to be a, a two-plus-one type deal, which allows him to opt, in, uh, opt out uh, when, his, uh, when he reaches his 10th year in the NBA and, and can super max himself. And then from there, it's just – where do the remaining pieces, how much does it cost to retain Contavious Caldwell-Pope? There was a report that Rich Paul says he's not going to cut do the Lakers any favors, which if anybody was expecting Rich Paul to do any team any favors, you haven't been really paying attention because that's not, that's not how he operates. So you got to see how much that's going to cost. You have to see uh, who all comes back and, and, and then kind of go from there and understand which tools you're going to have at your disposal. And, but but I think no matter what, the one thing that the Lakers have in their back pocket is that role players are going to want to play for the Lakers while they're not just title contenders, but title favorites. So you're going to get some ring chasers. That's going to get you a couple discounts here and there. And 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 you got to see, you know, who all you're able to retain from last year's team.
Yeah, that, that, that's, I mean, you hit the, and you know what, I'm going to give props to Rob Palenka, man. I mean, uh, for all the flack that yeah. he got for when he came in and now we know it was, it was probably Magic Johnson who was making some of these ridiculous moves behind the scenes, but you know, he's been, he's been kind of putting his, his touches on, on the roster and obviously equated to a championship last season. And it looks like it, it, they're going to be a championship team for the, for the next, you know, couple of years, at least here, depending on, on what uh, LeBron wants to do. Let's wrap up on this. Since we're kind of, we're talking about how great the Pacific division is the Sacramento Kings. How do you feel about <laughs> them? And how, what, like, what is the point of even having a team right now? If, if they're just going to stink, I hope the new GM, uh, Monty McNair can, can, can make some good moves to maybe turn that thing around. So their fans can actually see some, playoff basketball at some point in their in their adulthood but um man isn't that distressing for them like you're you're matched up against the lakers clippers and warriors you know let's say out of 72 games you end up playing each team four or five times depending on the on the regional thing that's what like 20 or you know 20 losses right there for them yeah i mean it's pretty depressing to think about the their their current situation which is not that bad for me i don't <laughs> i'm still not you particularly fond yeah. of the kings <laughs> yeah so i'm <laughs> so i'm not sitting here like losing sleep over the, the poor, poor Kings. Uh, the, the thing I'll say, so I think you, you made the point you did about Palenka and, and, and the fact that we need to give credit where it's due. I think the thing with Palenka that he's really shown is an ability to really think out multiple plans and understand what it's going to take to execute on those plans, right? And being that kind of organized and that kind of, 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 prepared for these various scenarios uh, that that really puts you in a good place to be able to take advantage of of whatever is thrown your way and you know you mentioned Magic Johnson and Vade Tiots was basically a version of Magic Johnson but in Sacramento where former player doesn't really pay attention to the finer details uh, and and in this era of NBA basketball where you have to be absolutely like borderline anal about those details and trying to find every single advantage you can possibly find. Like people kind of laughed at the Lakers trying to, to get 5 million back on Luol Deng's deal. That's the kind of thing that I want my GM doing. I want my president of basketball operations to go over every fine detail and every bit of fine print to try to find new ways to, to give my team an advantage. And, and that's where the Lakers find themselves. And, and I think that's why you saw the reports right away that they were interested in Wesley Matthews. Cause this was his, you know, one of his, one of his series of plans, right? Plan a apparently was drew holiday where they were going to send Danny green and Coos in the 28th pick to, to new Orleans for that. That didn't happen. All right, we'll move to plan B or, or, or maybe Chris Paul was, was one of the plans well, it was going to take too many rotation players for us. We'll move on to plan C. And plan C winds up being Schroeder. What, what subsequent moves have to be made after that? And that's where the Lakers find themselves now. And, uh, you know, for, for Sacramento, they have to hope that, you know, their, their new GM has to compete with Bob Myers. He has to compete with now Rob Palenka, who we know is good at his job. Uh, we, he has to compete with uh, the, the, the Clippers front office, which is coming off an executive year award win, even though I didn't think they should have won it. Uh, and then they have to compete against uh, a, a revamped Phoenix Suns organization. Now, Robert Sarver is still there, so I'm always going to be dubious of what, what they're really actually capable of. 
but things are certainly looking up there and and for the kings like they really have to hope that this next gm is is up to snuff because De'Aaron Fox isn't going to wait. Like, you're asking De'Aaron Fox to live in Sacramento, which is tough enough as it is. And now you're going to ask him to, to, to live in Sacramento and play on a crap Sacramento team uh, when, when there are so many more exciting destinations to go to. That's going to be a pretty big ask. And, and uh, you know, I, I think we're only at a matter of time before you start hearing some stuff where De'Aaron Fox is wondering about the direction of the Sacramento Kings. So hopefully it doesn't come to that because – you know, I enjoy the, the the rivalry between the Kings and the Lakers when both teams are, are good. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not the Kings are ever going to be good again. Yeah, unfortunately, that doesn't feels like it's been like 20 years, which it legitimately has since both teams were actually good, even though the Lakers had some time there. But you're basically saying McNair should be doing the opposite of what Vladi Divac did there during his tenure as, as general manager. Actually have a plan and, and follow it through. That's I mean, I know people there are still pissed off over the Bagley over Doncic thing, so uh, I don't blame him for that. But it's going to be uh, it's going to be an exciting week. Uh, are you going to be hopping on any more pods at all uh, this week, Anthony, or, or getting your own thing for, for the draft and, and free agency going? Uh, I think I'm, I believe I'm on the, the draft night show here on, on this feed. I, I obviously have my show every day and, and um, I'm sure I'll record, you know, on top of the, you know, five days a week thing that I do there. I'm sure there'll be an emer- emergency podcast uh, or at least requests for them, depending on how this offseason goes. So it's going to be a busy time, man. But, but, you know, like you said at the beginning, it's kind of nice that, you know, we, we have this to kind of lean on and, and focus on and we're right back at it, you know, and, and oh, camps open in like two weeks. Yeah. 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 It's <laughs> we're, crazy. We're, yeah. We're, we're basically already back at it again. And uh, you know what? I'm never going to complain about having to work so long as my job is to cover basketball. You know, you're right. I was thinking that too. And I'm like, well, it would have been nice to maybe have a couple of weeks of downtime because I, you know, I work on NFL stuff as well. And I'm like, no, you know what? It'll hit the ground running. And, and let's be honest, going through the first three months of the pandemic, I'm like, yo, give me as much work as you possibly can now because I do not want to be sitting here bored and, and twiddling my thumbs and, and trying to think of things to do. So I, I'm, I'm glad the NBA is in full swings. Uh, of course, uh, listen to Anthony's podcast on Locked On, but download ours first, Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> uh, you can check us out, like I said, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. And uh, we'll be back at it again this week. As Anthony mentioned, he'll be hopping on the Draft Night podcast on Wednesday. And we'll pretty much have content coming to you all throughout the week. So check out silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. That does it for this episode. We'll talk to you all next week.